what a pleasant, pleasant, pleasant place this has been uh, to be these last few days. I really feel like that I have just been at Bethel and sat and watched the angels ascending and descending Jacob's ladder, just bringing heavenly things down among us, just in to sit in here and worship, just to be with you all in this in this time has been special to me more than I can possibly tell you, and I want to thank you for that, and thank you for the kind invitation and the warm reception that you have, you've given us. I have to be honest with you, there have been a couple things this morning, people have said some things that have, have, have brought something to my mind, and, it, and it's a song, and it's, have you ever had a little song get stuck in your head so much that it becomes a distraction to you? And I've had a little song get stuck in my head this morning so much that it's distracted me from thinking about the message. If you will bear with me, can I sing a little song to you to get it out of my head and just to, uh, and, and I don't know why, why that particular song, a couple of things folks have said brought it to my mind, I guess, but anyway, I'm going to, I'll share, you just be very, very kind and patient with me and I would appreciate that. I am a poor wayfaring stranger while traveling through this world of woe. But there's no sickness, no toil, no danger in that bright world to which I go. I'm going there to see my father. I'm going there no more to roam. I'm just a going over Jordan. I'm just a going over I know dark clouds will gather o'er me. I know my way. It's rough and steep, but golden fields lie just before me, where saints of God their vigils keep. I'm going there to see my mother, she said she'd meet me when I come, I'm just a-going over Jordan, I'm just a-going over home, I want to sing salvation story. In concert with that blood-washed band, I want to wear a crown of glory when I get home to that good land. I'm going there to see my brothers. They've crossed before me one by one. I'm just a-going over Jordan. I'm just a-going over home. I'll soon be free 
from every trial. This form shall sleep beneath the sod. I'll drop the cross of self-denial and enter in my home with God. I'm going there to see my Savior. He shed for me His precious blood. I'm just a-going over Jordan. I'm just a-going over home. Thank you very, very much. Praise be to God. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. I'm thankful the blood was shed, aren't you? I'm thankful that I have a journey that I am on, and it's going to involve leaving this world behind. And I'm going on with Christ and spending eternity with Him. Well, hallelujah. One brother said this morning, he said, uh, I feel like I've got more friends there than I've got here now. I feel like I have seen more of them go than have stayed. Well, that's all right. We're going too. Amen. We're going in Christ. And I'm very, very thankful for that. Well, as I said, it's been so good to be with you. Would you join me in one more word of prayer? Our Heavenly Father, it's in Jesus' name we give you glory. Father, we give you glory in the house of God. The saints of God have gathered together today to join in praise of our Father above and His Son, Jesus Christ, and to thank you for that blessed Holy Spirit who fills us today, who gives us breath and lifts us up. And Father, it's in Jesus' name we want to ask for your help today as we look into the Word of God. Amen and amen. I want to ask you a question just before we get started. When was the last time that you got tired? And I mean really good and tired. You know what I'm talking about? You've ever been completely exhausted, plum tuckered out? You know what I mean? You went to work and worked for a while and you was there at it all day long and you got to the point where all your reserves were spent and it wasn't, it wasn't stretching the truth to say that you were exhausted. All your strength was gone, nothing much left, just didn't have anything left to give. Most of us don't work like that too often. We get a little tired and we know when to quit, but sometimes we don't. We just keep on a-going. Uh, if you were ever that physically tired, what you really probably needed more than anything was a good hot meal and maybe a good night's rest, and boy, it didn't take long until you were ready to go again. Sometimes if you go to work and you work hard and you think, I am just absolutely exhausted, and then, and then somebody says, you want to go out and eat? And you say, yeah, give me a minute and I'll take a shower and I'll be ready to go. Just a little promise of that hot meal sometimes is all you needed. Sometimes it takes a little bit more than that, doesn't it? Sometimes you get so tired that it, your body... Your body needs a little bit more care. It needs a little more time. It needs a little bit more restoration. I wonder if you've ever been tired in the mind. You ever been mentally tired? I say to my wife sometimes, we get, you know, it just some days you get a lot of phone calls, you get a lot of things going on, a lot of obligations and responsibilities. I'm not, I'm not complaining about any of that, mind you. It's just that, be honest with you, lately there have been, there have been some days where, where, where I, my phone has rung nonstop, not just them telemarketers calling me that I was talking about, but, but I'm talking about the saints have called and said, Brother, I really need you to pray. I need you to stop what you're doing and pray right now. And, 
and hadn't hardly more than prayed for them, then the phone will ring again. And, or somebody will text and say, I'm going through something. And these are big things. They're hard things. And to pray and just to keep up with it all. Of course, I don't have the best mental faculties to start with, but, but I'll say to my wife sometimes, she'll say, are you all right? And I'll say, I'll be honest with you, I just feel like my mind is tired. My mind is worn out. I need, I need something here. And if you get to the point where your mind is tired, a good hot meal and a night's sleep may do a little bit of good for you, but you, you probably need a little change of face. You need a little downtime. You need a little quietness is what you need. And a little bit of that usually is, is pretty restorative. But, but let me ask you this. What do you do when your soul is tired? When your soul is tired, I'm going to tell you what, a good night's sleep won't always fix that. As a matter of fact, I'd say it rarely does. When, you're, when your soul is tired, going on vacation somewhere isn't going to restore that very much. And, and if you know what I'm talking about today, and I dare say most of you here probably know what I mean. When your soul, well you say, well brother, what do you mean when my soul is tired? Well what, what, what is your soul? Your soul is your life. Your soul is you, it is who you are essentially. You know, it's, it's deeper than just the spirit, which is the mind and the will and the emotions. The, the soul is, is, is really who you are, it is your life. Not the life of the body, but I mean the life of who you really are down, down deeper than that. What do you do when, when your soul, your, your life, you just find this life weariness? A life weariness. That's a hard thing. And when you are in that position, it usually lasts a little while. It usually takes some getting through. And friend, if you're here today, and, and, and I'm just going to be honest with you, if you're here today and you're not a, you're not a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not born again, uh, then, then, then I'm gonna, the, we say it all the time. I've said it several times this week. The way of the transgressor is hard. And that's not me saying you're the worst person that ever walked the face of the earth, but, but you're separated from Christ. You're, you're divorced from the one who would give you strength and help and who would be the refreshment to your soul that you need. And can I just say to you, you need to know Him. Amen. You need to come and know Him and He'll do you a lot of good. And all the saints said amen, right? He'll do you more good than anything else can do you. This, this Lord Jesus Christ letting Him come in. But you know, here's what I think. I think that sometimes even as Christians, even as followers of the Lord, you may have walked with the Lord a long time. And sometimes it's the fact of the long service. It's the long work. It's the long faithfulness in one direction that, that can, can kind of almost, you, you realize there's a point where I'm just tired. I'm just tired. I've heard pastors who've been very vibrant for long periods, long decades and decades who've, who just almost seem startled by it. They'll say, you know, I'm just so tired. I'm so tired. And you say, well, take a day out. Well, no, not. I don't mean that. I mean, I'm tired down deep. They talk about a soul. Well, sometimes even among us as Christians, there's, there's such a thing as soul weariness or being exhausted there. Is, is there a remedy is there a remedy for that in the book of Matthews where I'm going to read to you from just a, a couple verses, three verses here that you know very, very well. Matthew chapter 11 and beginning in verse number 28 and, and I'll just read it with you. Um, here's what the Bible says. This is in red, so it's the words of Jesus. 
And it says, come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. I'm, I'm going to pause there for just a minute. I've got a, I've got a dear friend, a wonderful man. I mean, just top-notch guy. He's a, he's a gem. He really is. He's a wonderful, wonderful human being, and, and he loves the Lord. He's Seventh-day Adventist. And I, I don't want to throw stones at anybody. Oh, he, he's a l- wonderful man. But, but he's convinced. I mean, he's just determined to convince me that we've got to keep Saturday as, as a Sabbath unto the Lord. And that the Sabbath is the Saturday, and, and I just keep trying to say to him gently, and I don't need to change his opinion on what day he goes to church or anything, but, but I just keep saying to him, Brother, I've got something better than a Saturday. I've got a Savior who's my Sabbath. Amen. i got the Lord Jesus Christ, and he said, Come to me, and I'll give you rest. Hallelujah. He says, he says here, he says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and and I will give you rest. Look at verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus says that he offers us rest, not just rest for the body or for the mind, but he, he rest, offers us rest that remediates soul fatigue. So I'm glad, I'm glad that there's something out there that can help with that. I'm glad that, that, that when Jesus offers help, when your soul is tired, he says, I've got just the prescription for you. I know how to do this. I'll show you what it, what it looks like, he says. Well, how does he do it? How does, how does Jesus offer us rest for the soul? What does he do? Let me remind you of Jesus' late night conversation one evening with a man named Nicodemus the Pharisee. And so over in the book of John, I'm going to read just a little bit from John. John chapter 3, Jesus is talking to, to, to Nicodemus and, and he says some things to him there that I think are pretty interesting. And it says in John 3, beginning in verse 5, Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Then he says this in verse 8, and listen to this. He says, it's like this, Nicodemus. He says, the wind blows wherever it wishes. You're not in charge of the wind, are you, Nicodemus? Do you tell it where to go to? Does it ask your opinion? No. He says, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. And then he says, so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. And Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus about spiritual things. Amen. Nicodemus' questions that he was trying to find a way to get around to asking were about spiritual things. And so Jesus just cuts right to the chase and he starts to talk to him about spiritual things. He tells him some wonderful truths there. He tells him you've got to be born again. You believe that? You've got to be born again? That's what the Bible says. I believe it. You've got to be born again. He had questions about that. And so Jesus comes down to this whole business here about this, this blowing wind. And he says you have to be born of the Spirit. Can I remind you for just a moment what the word spirit is? In the Greek, the word spirit is the word pneuma. Pneuma. If you've got, if any of you guys have, uh, have pneumatic tools in your garage, what do they run on? Air, right? It's, it, it's, it's air. It's the movement of air that, 
that makes those things work. We talk about uh, the word pneumonia. It comes from, you know, it has to do with breath. And so when Jesus is talking to us about this Holy Spirit of God, He's talking about the very living breath of God. He's talking about this breath of God that comes blowing across us. Amen. And, and Jesus says to Nicodemus, you've got to be born of the Spirit. Now that word born, of course, means birth. We know that has to do with being born into the world, finding life, being, you know, beginning. But, but can I tell you that the word born also means to be carried along by something. And we could say that you're born on. Some of you hear of a ship that is born on the tide, for example, right? You've heard of things like that. I don't think I'm going to be abusing this text very much at all if I say to you that one of the things that Jesus is trying to communicate to Nicodemus is that if you really want to know how to live life, you're going to have to live life born, carried along on the Spirit of God. And you know what I think? I think there's some great help in that for soul weariness. The Apostle John we know John from the Gospels. We know his encounters with Christ. We know that he was the only apostle who, uh, who was there at the crucifixion, who came and watched and saw it for himself. We know the night before, while all the other disciples sat at the table, it was John, overcome with emotion, who just flung himself into Jesus and buried his head in, into, into Jesus' chest and just clung to him. John loved the Lord and he was faithful to God. And, and he was faithful to him not just for a little while. There's a lot of people who can, who can be faithful for a little while, but, but man, it just seems like they run out of steam awful quick. But, 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 but John had signed on for the long haul. And so when we, when we get down toward the end of John's life much later on, I mean decades later, John has been faithful for a while, Amen. John's been going on and he's preached the gospel of Jesus. He watched as his son or his brother rather. He, his brother was the first of these apostles to die, was beheaded. And, and yet that didn't, that didn't slow John down any. He just kept right on a going and preaching, preaching Jesus Christ to anybody that would listen. And uh, he's faithful to God as a witness there in, in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. And then he's willing to go even under the ends of the earth. And by the time we get down to reading what John writes for us in the Revelation, John is now an old man. And he's got a lot of years behind him. Preached a lot of sermons. Ministered to a lot of people. Lately he's been the pastor of the church at Ephesus, if I'm not mistaken. He's come to Ephesus there and he's been faithfully preaching the kingdom of God. And that's gotten him into some trouble because he tells us in the beginning of the revelation, I was on the island which was called Patmos for the word of God's sake. The island of Patmos, as you know very well, was, was not a place where he was sent to pastor a church, but he was sent there because he'd gotten into trouble. He was sent there because he was a preacher of, a, of an illegal gospel, but he kept preaching it anyhow. Amen. And So they took this old man and they put him out on that barren rock of Patmos to die. And I just wonder, I just have to think that that old man had to be tired. He had to be weary. Can you think about, I mean, just the, just the, just the challenges of continually getting up and going on and preaching the gospel. 
and then you add to that the stress and the strain. I mean, Brother Tony, would it, would it not be harder to, to pastor this church coming in here every Sunday not knowing which one of your flock might be gone next Sunday, arrested and maybe even executed because of the faith that you're preaching to them? The stress and the strain of that would bear heavily on you. And then John worrying about himself, not knowing exactly how long he was going to be able to live and continue before they decided that they'd had enough of him. I'm just saying to you that I'm sure that John was was a very, very tired man on a real deep level. And uh, so he's here on the island of Patmos. But he starts to see some things. And I want you to look just for a minute at chapter 4 in Revelation. In the first couple verses of it, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on. In, in Revelation chapter 4 verse 1, John said, After these things I looked, and behold... A door standing open in heaven. Amen. Sometimes when you're weary in the soul, what you really need is a door standing open in heaven. Amen. You need Christ to put before you an open door. And that's what he put before John. He said, I saw a door standing open in heaven and the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, Come up here. And I will show you things. Amen. Praise be to God when God says, Come up here and why don't you step away from the world and just, just step right on up here into the wind, John. And I'm going to show you some things that will refresh you in the Spirit. I'm going to carry you along in some directions that are going to, that are going to be life-changing to you. Come up here and I will show you things. Verse 2 says, Immediately I was in the Spirit. He said, immediately I was, I was off the world and I was in that holy wind, the breath of God being born along and God was showing me some amazing things. Praise the Lord for that. I have a, I have a cousin. Actually, it's a, it's, she's, she's my double cousin, the first and second cousin. I don't know if you have things like that up in here or not. If that's just an appellate. I'd try to explain it to you. I'm afraid I'd make it sound worse. Already you're thinking, it's a wonder this man's eyes ain't both in the same socket. It's awful. But uh, anyhow, <laughs> uh, I have a cousin, and, and she and her husband have retired. They've been off and traveled the world and done all kind of things. And, and uh, lately they've been, they bought them a sailboat, and they've been sailing around. And so then they decided they got tired of sailing, a tiny little boat. To, that ain't for me is all I can say to them. But anyway, they, they, they came back to Kentucky for a few weeks last fall. And he came, her husband came to the house, and we were just sitting around. I was doing a little grilling out, and we were talking while I was cooking, and, and everybody else was inside. He used to be, a, a long time ago, he was in the Navy, and he was a, he was a navigator on, and I'll probably get this wrong, and I think it was an F-14. One of them had two seats in it, and he was in the rear seat, right? He was the navigator of the jet, and... Uh, and I, I knew that he had an experience with that where he and, he and his pilot got into, into a problem and they, they had to pull that yellow handle and blow themselves out of the cockpit and eject and land in the ocean. And I'm sure that was, was kind of... And so I wanted to hear about it. I said, tell me about ejecting out of that jet. And he, he did. And he had his, I know later he had his own airplane and I mean, they, would, they would fly around and, and, him, and his, him and his family, they would, they would fly into Kentucky when they would come home and... And he talked about that a little bit. He said, you ever, you ever fly anywhere? I said, you know, just commercial stuff, just mostly. I've been on a small plane a few times. But he said, oh, okay, all right. Well, a few days went by, 
and, and he called me. I was at the church doing some work. And he called me and he said, I, I did something. I said, well, what'd you do? And he said, well, I, I just took a, a strange notion. And he said, I went over to, to Mount Sterling to the airport. He said, I, I booked you a ride on a, on a little Cessna, little, little, little Cessna 172. He said, he said, it's bought and paid for. All you've got to do is call the guy and tell him when you want to come. And then you just go and you, you tell him who you are. And, 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 and he's going to take you for riding that airplane. I said, well, that sounds cool. I appreciate that. That's awfully thoughtful of you. All right, okay. So a few more days went by. I called the man, and, and, and I said, I, I'm supposed to have my, my cousin's husband has bought me a, t- a ride on an airplane. He said, yeah, when do you want to come? And so we set it up. And the, day, the day arrived, and I, and I went over there, and I, I met the guy at the airport, and uh, he starts talking to me, just kind of sharing. He said, well, come here. I'm going to show this airplane. So we went out there, and he's, he was showing me all the stuff on it and what it did and how all the controls worked. And he said, well, climb right in that seat right there on the left side. I said, okay, all right. So I get in, put my seatbelt on. And he said, let me, let me tell you how to start it. And I thought, now what's he telling me that for? You know, I, what? Why am I starting the dang plane? I don't know, you know. But uh, I said, what are you doing? And, he, and, he, and so he, he said, well, you, you, you turn this and you push this button. Okay, all right. And so we go through that. And you, here's how you steer it. And, I said, all right, okay. And he said, now, now here's, here's how you're going to steer it on the ground. And I thought, here's how who's going to steer it on the ground? And it finally just, I'm, I'm kind of slow on the uptake. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I, it finally clicked. I thought my cousin's husband had bought me a ride on a plane. He bought me a flying lesson that I had, had you know what I mean? He, he, he's, he's told this man, my, my cousin's coming over here, and he, he wants you to teach him how to fly this airplane. And I thought, oh, 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 this is a whole different thing now. I didn't, I mean, I didn't know I was getting into this. And he said, so here's what we're going to do. He said, let's, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to cruise right here on the ground for a little while. He said, let go of the handle. You can't do nothing with your hands yet. That'll be later. He said, you got to learn to steer it with your feet. Get limbered up. He said, get your, get your hands limbered up and your feet limbered up because you're going to have to, you're going to have to be using them. And, and I was just thinking about that. You know, somebody else had, had, had paid my ticket had paid my fare to go on that little ride. Somebody else had already spent the money to get me on there, but that didn't relieve me of, of, of what he was telling me was going to be my responsibility. He said, he said now, now you, you, your relative paid, but, but you're going to have to use them feet and them hands, right? And, and, and you know how it is in, in, in Christ. Christ has paid the price for us, hasn't he? Amen. He's, he's paid the price for you to be in this but you're going to have to put your hands and your feet in it somewhere. Amen. You're going to have to plug in. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to be involved in this thing and, and make it go. Amen. And so, so he said, here's what we're going to do. He said, we're going to follow some lines around here, and I'll show you where you make some circles, and you're going to use your feet, and here's where the brakes are, and here's how you steer it and all that. And, and we, we started going along. He said, oh, you're doing really good. And I thought, yeah, whatever. And, uh, and, and we, I mean, we just circled around for a minute or two, and he said, all right, now we're on the runway. And I thought, I'm nowhere near ready to be on any kind of runway. I don't know why. I'm just now learning how to steer this thing on the ground. And why are we on the runway? He said, oh, it's going to be all right. I promise. It'll be fine. He said, here's what I want you to do. Now you're going to take hold of that, that yoke in front of you. And there's a, there's a lever here in the middle. He said, you're going to push the lever all the way forward. And then we're going to go down the runway. And when I tell you to, I want you to pull back on that, on that yoke in front of you. Okay? And I said, hmm. And I'm starting to think, I don't believe this man really owns this airplane. I think he's a crazy person that has met me 
just accidentally like. You know what I'm saying? He's found some keys to an airplane saying, I'm going to take some sucker for a ride here and see what happens. And he said, oh, yeah, it'll, be fine. it'll be fine. It'll be okay. It's all right. And I said, all right, brother. If you say it will, I guess it will. And so I push that lever and that engine in the front of that thing just comes to life. And shoo, here we're going now. We've been moseying. We ain't moseying now. We're on our way down that runway, and he's, he's grinning, and I'm sweating. And he says, all right, all right, pull, pull back now. Pull back on that yoke. And so I, I start, he's pulling on back, and I, and I, and I pull it back. And, and what happened was I'm looking at the runway and the trees and the grass, and I pull back, and all of a sudden the world just disappears. And, and you felt the world give way beneath you. And i got to be honest with you, it was terrifying. I've been in planes before, never bothered me, never bothered But I wasn't the one with my hands on the control before. You know what I'm saying? It was just me along for the ride, but now this all together, it was just a different kind of experience. Any sense of stability went away as soon as the wheels came up off the ground. It just felt like we were just, you know, kind of like you were, like you were trying to stand on top of a beach ball and not, and not lose your balance. It was like, oh my goodness, what in the world? And and he says, all right, we're climbing now. And I thought, I need to be not climbing right now. I don't. And so, and so we're coming up. And I mean, I've got the, the death grip on, on, on this thing in front of me. And I'm holding on to it. And, and he, says, he says, all right, we're going to pull this lever back. We're about where we want to be. He said, uh, he said let's, let's, let's just level it out. And we did. He said, he said so where are we going? Well, man, I don't know. What are you asking me for? I guess we're going to the crash site. That's where we're going to. I, I don't know. I said, I, said, I said, you tell me. You tell me where we're going. He said, no, man, it's your time. He said, you just decide where you want. And he said, he, said, he said, it doesn't really matter where we go. I can teach you while we go. You know, there's been a lot of times in my walk with the Lord and my relationship with the Lord where I've just desperately wanted him to tell me specific directions. And it's like he's had absolutely no interest in that whatsoever. It's like he don't even, it's like he don't even care, you know. I'm like, Lord, come on now. I just, I need, I'm at a crossroad and I need you to tell me which, which direction to take. And God just says, mm-hmm, yeah, whatever. And, and that, that pilot friend of mine, he said, he said, now listen, he said, when I need you to go somewhere, I'll tell you. He said, but in the meantime, why don't you just go wherever you want to and you can learn while you're going. Can, can I say to you that there are some times in life when, 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 when the Lord is, is, is with you and, 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 and He's just te- And He says, you know what, not, not, every, not every little thing is a make or break thing. Not every little thing is you've got to do it exactly this way. Sometimes He says, there's some things in your life, what makes you happy? What do you want? Where do you want to go? When I need you to go somewhere specific, I'll tell you. But until then, I can just kind of teach you while we go. I can show you how this works. And I, and I said, well, I guess, I said, I, I, I like to hike in the Red River Gorge. I know you're looking at me right now thinking, this man ain't never hiked a day in his life. I just eat a lot. I eat a lot, and it makes up for it, but... But I do like to hike. And so I said, I'd like, can I see the red? He said, absolutely, yeah, just take us there. Man, I've got no idea where that is. And he said, I thought you'd been hiking. I said, I know how to get there on the ground. You've got to understand I've been a ground dweller about all my life. But I don't know how to get there from here. 
I don't know the way from up here. And he smiled. He said, I'm just messing with you. He said, nobody does. For the first time here, he said, I'm going to tell you how to get there. It's fine. He said, he said I want you, you're going to have to turn us around, and there's going to be a little notch in the mountains over there, right where, right where 213 crosses over from Powell County into Montgomery County. And he said, just aim us at that notch there. And so he said, now, now you, you're going to have to use your hands and your feet together here, and we're going to come around. And Still the death grip going on here, and just, I mean, it was, it was painful. I thought we're just going to fall out of the sky just any minute, you know. And, we, and we're, we're, we're making our circle, and we're coming around, and, and he says, you see that? And I said, yeah, I see it. And he said, well, just aim us at that, and we'll go right on. And, and so we got, and as we got there, as we got there to the ridge line where that, that road crossed the hill, I'm going to be honest with you, it got really, really, it got really, really rocky and rough. There were, there were drafts of air coming across the, the, the mountain there, and, and, and as we got into that, I mean, it, it, it really, we were bouncing, which I was sure indicated we were about to die. And uh, so we, it was, it was some rough going. And he didn't seem the least bit bothered. I mean, he's sitting over there just like, I mean, like he was sitting in his office. And we didn't care. And, and, and we're bouncing along and, 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 and rough, and we finally got past it. And he said, he said, that gets a little rough, doesn't it? And I said, yeah. And he said, he said, yeah, he said, but on the upside of it, he said, we gained about 300 feet in altitude, and we didn't even have to try. We're a little, about 300 feet higher than we was back before. And uh, it made me think about how sometimes in, 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 in our life in the Spirit, being born on the Spirit, following Christ. Christ, sometimes there's, there's some places we go to where the going gets rough. And you think, God, why didn't you tell me a way to get around it? Why didn't you show me a different way? But he says, I, I, needed, I needed to get you a, on a little higher ground. I needed you to gain some altitude, and, and, and this was the best way to do it. And, 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 and so it was not pleasant. I know it wasn't fun. But look where you are now. You're a lot higher up than you were before. Amen? There have probably been some moments in your life that as you look at them and you think about them, you think, boy, I would have dodged that if I could have. I'd have gone right around that. But if you were being honest with yourself, you'd say, having gone through that, you, you came out the other end of it on spiritually higher ground. You A little higher up in the wind than, than you were before. And, and Jesus says that it was worth it. I don't know if it felt like it was worth it to you or not, but I'm going to advise you to always take Jesus' word for it. Amen? If he said it was worth it to get you there, brother, it was worth it to get you there. Amen? Amen. And so, so our pilot, and, and I, think he's, I think he recognized something, that I was not having a good time. He looked over at me and he said, you're pretty tense, aren't you? And I said, buddy, I am. I am. And he said, I want you to feel free to relax. Okay, and then he said this, and it made all the difference. And he said, I know that there's things that you don't know about how this airplane works. He said, there's forces that are keeping us up right now. There are forces at work that are holding this thing in the sky that you don't have to know how they work for them to work. You don't have to understand all the dynamics involved. I'm telling you, they work. This thing was created for this purpose. This is why this airplane was built, not to sit on the ground, but to fly in the sky. You don't have to understand it for it to work. And he said, and I want to tell you something else. He said, he said, you can't mess this up so bad. He said, you can't mess nothing up so bad 
that I can't fix it. Amen. You can't, you, can't, you can't mess nothing up and get in such a bind that I can't get us out of it. I'm so thankful that the Lord Jesus Christ in His journey with me when He has called me into the Spirit, when He's called us to walk with Him and go on this amazing experience with Him, we get scared to death sometimes and we're afraid we're really going to blow it and just any minute our own stupidity is going to be devastating and and he puts his arm around us and he says, you don't have to understand everything. And, and I'm going to tell you this, you can't mess it up so bad that I can't fix it if you'll let me. My pilot friend said, now if I tell you to let go of the, of the controls, do it and I'll take it. He said, but, but until then, he said, you're doing, you're doing better than you think you are. Can I say to you that it's likely, if you're just moving on along in faith, and I know some days feel like a disaster, but... Can I tell you that there's probably a strong likelihood that you're doing better than you think you are. You still love the Lord. You still desperately want to follow Him and, and have a relationship. You want Him to show you all these things. You're probably doing better than you think you are. And that pilot, when he talked to me that way, you know what it did? There was a calm that transferred from him to me. And all of a sudden, I wasn't just about to die at any moment. I was on a real adventure. And I said, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose. I don't feel it yet, but I'm going to choose to believe that what he said is true. And somehow in just in the choosing to believe it, all of a sudden it became real. And I was seeing the world from a brand new perspective and having a grand time doing it. He said, now here's what we're going to do. Go on across through here. You'll see the mountain parkway going up. He said, we're just going to follow the parkway. And so we got over there. And I, he said, now turn us and just take us up with the parkway. And you know it'll take us right up to the gorge. And I said, yeah. I said, yes, sir. And so we, we head up toward the gorge and we're looking down on we're looking down on places up there that I'm used to hiking and walking in where, where sometimes you get down in real deep country and where you can't even hardly see the landscape because it's right there in front. Of, I mean, it's it's the valleys are so narrow you can't see beyond them. There, there are places where you get down in there walking on some of those trails where it just seems like I mean you almost get the feeling that's all there is to the world when you get down in there. And, and, and somehow from looking at it from above, you got to see it, that it was a part of a much bigger picture. A much bigger picture. Sometimes in life, I know you've gotten down into some valleys where it just seemed like the valley was all there was in reality. Uh, the whole world was just that one valley that you were in. And can I tell you, maybe that was what John was feeling like when he was on the island of Patmos. But the Lord said, I put a door in the sky for you, John. Come up here. Let me show you some things. Let me bring you up into the wind of the Holy Spirit. And let me show you that there's always a whole lot more going on than what you can see. Amen. Maybe that'll do you some good. There was some places along there where I could actually see and know where we were looking down at. And I could remember on walking on some of those trails around there thinking that the trail was laid out kind of funny. Like, well, it seems like they ought to have been able to put a shortcut over that and, and a lot easier to get from here to there. When you get to the sign, the sign says, go this way and you say well I'll go that way but I think I ought to have gone that way instead but then you get to looking at it from above and you say oh I see it all makes sense now I see why the way I had in my mind wouldn't have worked it would have taken me out to a dead end that there wasn't no getting down from it would have put me out in some place where I'd have been absolutely stuck so I guess it turns out that whoever wrote that sign knew what they were doing anyway amen they they wasn't the, the dummies that I thought they were and you know what? Sometimes the Word of God tells me things that I think, God, I, surely it would have been easier to do it a different way. 
Surely you could have mapped out a different route. Surely your word could have said something different than it actually says. God, why did you make it the hard way? And when we see it from the Spirit's perspective, when He brings us up high enough, we look down on it and say, Oh God, I see now. I see that it all makes sense. I see what you were doing there. Amen. I understand why the word gives me the signposts that it gives to me. Amen. And so, so we enjoyed that. We looked at the... We looked at the at the gorge, he said, what do you want to do now? Let's just turn some circles, and we did. He said, what do you want to see? He said, you want to go fly over your house? I said, well, sure, we'll go fly over my house. He said, now, I don't know where you live. You're going to have to find it. And so we went, and, I, and I, I, it took me a time or two to get my bearings, but I found my house, took, took a picture of my house from, with my cell phone from the window of that plane. And, and then he said, I guess it's about time we head back. We head back uh, toward, toward the airport now. And I said, I said, okay, I, I don't, you're going to have to help me again. I don't know where that, I don't know where it is. And he said, well, it's, it's right there in front of us. He said, it's right there. That's, that's Mount Sterling. And I said, oh, I thought that was Clay City. And he said, <laughs> he said now those two places are about 20, 25 minutes apart by car. He said, he said, no, that's Clay City. That's Mount Sterling. That's Clay City, that's Mount Sterling. And I said to him, I wasn't used to seeing them together like that. <laughs> Never saw them both at the same time before, you know. And I said, okay, all right. And uh, he said, it's not that far away, is it? Sometimes where we're trying to go to ultimately seems like it's so far away. We sing our, our lives here in Christ in this world as part of God's family. We come together and we talk, about, we talk about where we're going to after this life is over with. We talk about going to heaven. We talk about entering into the presence of God. We talk about walking through the gates of that city. Oh, my goodness. But somehow it seems so very far away, Right? Sometimes I feel a little bit like Thomas when Thomas said, Lord, I don't know where you're going. I sure don't know how to get there. It seems so far away. Lord, how do you get from here? to How do you, how do you get from where I live to there? But Jesus says, if you just let me show you in the Spirit, it's not really that far at all. It's awfully close to where you are right now. It's just a little farther on out in the distance and you get there. Amen. Amen. He says, this is where you live, but, but that's where you're going to. And I can take you there. I can show you the way. I can show you the way. And so we, we just headed right on across, and we ended up right where we were supposed to be. And we, we circled that airport, and thank God he, he didn't expect me to land that plane by myself. <laughs> he, he said, I'm going to get you on the ground safe and secure. He said, I'll take care of that part. And we have a promise from our Lord Jesus Christ in the Spirit of God that He will settle our feet on heaven's ground someday. Amen? He will. Listen, listen to me now. Wherever you are in life, whether you're a saint of God who feels like you're getting awfully close to that crossing, whether you feel like it's a hundred years from now, whether today you may be here, and it's possible there'd be somebody today who's here, and they just say, you know what, brother, I'm not even a Christian. I'm not even born again. I, there's so much wrong with my life and so many sins that have piled up against me. Can I, can I just give to you a little bit of a word of encouragement? 
if you could find yourself to this or to some altar of prayer and really pour your heart out to God and really say, God, this is where I'm at. You know I'm lost. I know I know I'm lost. You know I've got sins that I can't atone for. But I'm going to believe on Jesus Christ that you're able to do for me what I cannot do for myself. Lord, let me be born again. Can I tell you from even like a little place like this right here where, where somebody might come and humble down. Can I tell you that our Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit, they know exactly the route. They know exactly how to get you from right there to where they put your feet on heaven's shore one day and say, this is now your home and you have an inheritance in this city. Amen. 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 John said, I was tired, but God put a door before me and said, come on up here into the wind. Be born on the Spirit of God. He said, immediately I was in the Spirit. I wonder today if there's anybody who's just a little tired. I wonder if there's anybody who's a little bit fatigued. Maybe even as a Christian you're here and you say, but brother, I'm just tired on a deeper level than I can talk about. Jesus said, come unto me ye that labor and are heavy laden and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And I'll give you rest for your souls. Amen. Step into the wind with God. Step into the spirit with the Lord. Be born on the spirit of God with him. Let him take you on an adventure. Quit expecting every day of your life to be what you understand and what you know how to do and say, God, I'm yours. You can take me flying today if you want to. You can give me lessons and I'll probably think for a minute that I'm going to die. But Lord, I'm game if you are. Would you stand with us this morning as we get ready to go into a time of invitation? Friend, if you have a need of prayer while the altar is here, you can come and pray. Pray with me though before we do. Our Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, Dear God, I thank you so much for this, for this wonderful lesson that you give, these lessons in how to fly in the Spirit, to be born, to be born on the wind of God, to go with Christ, our, our teacher, and to learn how to live life on a whole brand new level. Lord, it is remarkable, and we thank you for that. Father, I would just ask that you would give great encouragement to those who may need something from you today. Father, a refreshing of the soul. Lord, show them what that looks like. Father, if somebody's here and they really just need to be born again, they just need to get forgiveness and start a relationship with God, we'll give them the courage they need to say yes, 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 Lord. Father, we love you and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Ask me if I would sing that song again as the altar call and I'll be glad to try, and you'd be welcome to sing along with me if you'd like to. I am a poor wayfaring stranger While traveling through this world of woe But there's no sickness, no toil, no danger In that bright world I go. I'm going there to see my father. I'm going there no more to roam. I'm just a going. Oh,
I'm just a going over home. Before he sings another verse, I wonder, I know it's late, but I wonder if there's anybody here that really from the bottom of your heart wants to go higher. Amen. Amen. We had an opportunity before I even preached, these altars would have been lined. God stepped in. And I've asked if he'd sing a couple of verses closing. But there's a whole lot of us that want to go higher. Amen. Amen. I can't think of a better way to wrap up this revival. Amen. To present our bodies and say, Lord, take me for that ride. Amen. Take me a little higher. This whole world is too much about us. Just take us a little higher. Amen. I want to tell you something. God wants to help us this way. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I know dark clouds will gather o'er me. I know my way is rough and steep, but golden fields lie just before me, where saints of God their vigils keep. I'm going there to see my mother. She said she'd meet me when I come. I'm just a going over Jordan. I'm just a going over home. I want to sing salvation story in concert with that blood washed band. I want to wear a crown of glory when I get home to that good land. I'm going there to see my brothers. They've crossed before me one by one. I'm just a going over Jordan, I'm just a going over home. I'll soon be free from every trial. This form shall sleep beneath the sod. I'll drop the cross of self-denial. And enter in my home with God. I'm going there to see my Savior. He shed for me His precious blood. I'm just a going over Jordan. I'm just a going 